You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. Welcome back, everybody, to the Oz Network as we continue on our coverage of Lost. We are moving on quite swimmingly on season three. We are into the 19th episode of the third season. This is called The Brig. First aired on the 2nd of May, 2007. Written by Damon Lindelof and Carlton Hughes. Directed by Eric Lonneville. And this episode is pretty good. I like it. And that's all that matters. My name is Ben. And want to zip your pants up? (laughs) And my name is Noah. And... Uh, mmm, dynamite. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's the quote that keeps on giving. <laughs> All those weeks ago when I said you should use the quote, <laughs> rodent, and you laughed it off. You've used that quote more than any other one. Um, <laughs> yeah, this episode is good. We're back to lock. We finally get the resolution of the big cliffhanger we wanted to know and how the flying F was Locke's dad on the island, and we've got a very interestingly odd flashback this week too. Yeah, this episode pretty much nails everything it does, and for the people who say this show never answered or resolved things, I mean, show them the brick, because the genius of this show is not only did they resolve one person's story, they resolved two characters major stories like this is huge this is a resolution for Locke and Sawyer in a way that made us go oh my god like how did we not put two and two together there and everything is nailed on every perfect level and it's the resolution of a story you mentioned last week how you were talking about oh they never solved this you think when you're watching the show in season one and two how could they these are flashbacks. How could we possibly ever now resolve these stories? They're stuck on an island. And it, everything that happens is just perfection in wrapping up Sawyer's story, wrapping up Locke's story, uh, finding a perfect way to bring in uh, Cooper and without it being too forced. Uh, and the acting from Josh Holloway and Terry O'Quinn this episode is just next level. Uh, Josh Holloway has never been one of the standouts of this cast, but he nails it this episode. And this is might be lost at its best in terms of resolving storylines because they did answer a lot of things and resolve a lot of things. It wasn't always satisfying. I fail to see how this resolution is not satisfying on every level. I agree. And Josh Holloway, well, Sawyer, often nails a lot of things. Um, (laughs) Haha. But um, anyway, I was going somewhere else with that. Doesn't matter. You made a joke about sex, Ben. Hilarious. Move on. So I guess (laughs) when we talk about this episode and the flashbacks and everything, um, we'll do it in, I guess, our traditional way where we kind of go through the flashback separately compared to what we've got. Um, But obviously the flashback is... Um, what, like nine days ago, or um, basically... That's very strange. It is. So, uh, we go right back to day 81, which is when Locke finds out that it is his dad in the glass box, or whatever it is that uh, Ben was going on about. They've decided to come back to this plot. Finally, you thought they'd forgotten about it. 
Um, we I, saw Expose the episode after this <laughs> cliffhanger. Um, it was the Survivor Nicaragua to Heroes vs. Villains. Um, I like Nicaragua. That's a mean thing to say, Ben. Uh, but I, uh, I like the bit when Ben basically says, uh, when Locke's about to remove the gag, and it's like, be careful, and he just, like, removes it, and then Anthony Cooper bites Locke. <laughs> after everything he's done I know, that is clearly the worst Before Mr. Friendly <laughs> tases him um, And um, And yeah, I love here on Lostpedia Cooper roars Don't you know where we are? Um, so Locke's obviously asking like, you know um, How on earth is this possible? And then Locke's like, you brought him here. Uh, and then this is where we find out where Ben's saying that they're going to a new place. Um, excuse me. It's actually an old place. And that he's going to bring uh, Locke along. And then this is where we also have the, oh, Kate's locked over there. Go and um, go and see her. Mm. Which, again, which is where I often bring up Chronologically Lost. But this is one of these moments where it really does work well in Chronologically Lost to kind of just see this, like, straight after it. Straight to it. Yeah. So, uh, we then have... Uh, it is... This is such a... Like, we had Claire's flashbacks on the island and Michael's, but this is... Like, it's so weird to just have a flashback of literally, it seems like, a few weeks ago. Mm. Yeah. Like, it works. Like, it's an... But it's just an interesting storytelling technique that they decided not to show us lock for a few weeks and then have it. Yeah. come back in this episode, but it works. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. Uh, five days later, it is day 86. We've got the others setting up tents uh, in a in a different area. Poor old Anthony Cooper's tied to a pole. <laughs> I was thinking, has he been there for, <laughs> like, five days? Well, like, tied to that pole. obviously, because, you know, he assumes they're in hell, but, like, he's just going along with it. Like, it's just kind of... Oh well, oh, it's just the devil's doing this. Who do you think the devil is, Ben? Like it's kind of he really genuinely thinks he's in hell. Um, and we get TV's Kimberly Joseph. Kimberly Joseph, that yeah. was a blind sight. Oh, it's so good. It's almost like she, it's, it's, she's been in a lot of this season. More than Rose and Bernard. <laughs> It's almost as good as a boon appearance. It's like, oh my god, Cindy! Yeah, almost. I love almost. how everybody's like staring at Locke, and Cindy's like, we've been expecting you for a very long time, or whatever it is. Um, <laughs> Mr. Friendly says that Ben's asking for him, and uh, this is where it's like the cool connection to last week, because we've got Ben listening to the tape. That was uh, listened, yeah. listened to, uh, recorded. Sorry, by Juliet. So it all ties in so well. Um, and then he he tells uh, Ben tells Locke the truth that uh, Juliet is a mole essentially, and that they're going to determine <laughs> oh, if any. Stop, <laughs> nice. <laughs> Who is the mole? That's why Grand Bowl is on this show. Uh, That's where he is next the, week. Juliet was the mole. Survivors of Oceanic Flight Eight One Fifteen. But maybe one of them is the mole. The mole. <laughs> I don't even remember. That show was great. Oh, that was brilliant. Bring the mole back. That's what, when are they rebooting the mole? That's what got me onto uh, Survivor. That's, they did bring back the mole, remember, a few years ago. It was terrible. Um, oh, yeah. The mole isn't the mole without Grand Bowler. Let, let, let's be honest. Like, 
as soon as that Tom Pretty Boy guy from the Great Outdoors started hosting it, I tuned out. So, no. Nah. Um, so, yes, uh, they're going to be... Uh, yeah, reveals that Juliet is a spy. Um, and that they... Um, are, and what did he say about, like, a week ago... Oh, he couldn't move his toes, but now there's pins and needles because I can't wait to show you what the until what the island can do. Uh, but then mild he, flirting, yeah, but mild flirting, like he said, he's basically like, oh, but no, just kidding, you're not quite ready yet, John. <laughs> uh, like he's such a cock tease, Ben. Uh, and I like when uh, John mentions uh, Locke mentions about the magic box again. Uh, when he's basically saying, like, you know, you won't be free until you're free from your father. And it's like, you're talking about the magic box again. Um, and magic box is a metaphor. It's John. a metaphor, John. Uh, that basically, when people join them on the island, they must, of their own free will, make a gesture of commitment. And that's why John will have to kill his father. So, like, basically, this is all just Ben being a massive dick, right? To basically be like, fuck you, John, you're nothing special. Yeah, I mean, it's... Of course I believe that the others would have this kind of commitment thing, but this is this is Ben, classic Ben mind games of let's embarrass Locke, because he knows he's not going to kill his dad, um, which is what makes it so great, because it's kind of subtle, sadistic Ben. We have a lot of over-the-top Ben, but this is just another one of his mind plays. Mm. He would be great on the mall. <laughs> Ben's the mall. <laughs> like... <laughs> <laughs> Let's be honest. He's a really nice guy. He's just playing this way to win the money. Um, so the, Ben wakes up, locked, sleeping. Like now it's the time. You've got to kill your dad. Uh, and then basically goes up to him, gives him a knife. And uh, I do like uh, Cooper, sort of just you know being an absolute dick as well. Like, oh, you're not going <laughs> to kill me. Um, Cooper is great in this episode. He is. He really is. I love all the uh, like the others, like even these kids, basically just showing up to try and watch this. Like, what if what if he really did kill him though? <laughs> what if Locke was just like that, and then was like, oh shit! <laughs> like I wasn't expecting. Kimberly Joseph was a flight attendant a few weeks ago. I know. Now she's like sadistic. Now she's watching sacrifice. <laughs> sadistic sacrifice woman. Where's Kimberly Joseph's <laughs> flashback episode? She's got all these like pagan rituals yeah. in her house in Sydney or something like that. <laughs> Headless goats and things like that. <laughs> She's a Satanist. <laughs> Just doing a thing, stuff like that. Where's the flashback when she found out she she was a witch? Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. We robbed. 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 We had a Nikki and Paolo flashback. Yep, and not a, not a Cindy one. Not a Rousseau one. Not a Cindy one. Like, what were the goth, writers doing? Goth, pagan Cindy flashback. <laughs> one <laughs> and of then us. And she takes off all her chains and everything, puts her flight attendant <laughs> uniform on. Hello, goes to welcome work. to Oceanic. <laughs> I'll give you two bottles, don't tell anyone. <laughs> oh, that wasn't a very strong reaction. Not a very strong drink. <laughs> Mild flirting. Lol. Um, but I do I do like it when, uh, you know, Cooper gloats in front of uh, Locke because Locke can't do it. And then Ben just knocks him out with his cane. <laughs> That is classic Ben. Uh, and then, you know, in front of everyone, you know, classic dick Ben, you know, not the man they thought it was. I want the little kids to just be like, boo, kill the man, kill the man. And Kimberly <laughs> Joseph is like, ah, damn it. 
Don't. Sorry, kids. We're gonna have to wait to another day. We're have to wait till Claire's back. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> meanwhile, you'll kill her. Day eighty-seven, and uh, Locke's having a bit of a quiet, reflective moment on top of the hill. Oh. <laughs> Poor old oh, guy. <laughs> <laughs> Rethinking his life again. Such a failure. <laughs> you suck at life. Uh, and then where's Jeff... the lockmobile? That's normally there whenever he's having a bit of a salt. Jeff Probe shows up to check on his mental state to see if he wants to stay in the game or not. Wants to quit because uh, he's. It is a bit like that. He's Richard Alpert. This is where you just see Lock looking at Richard. I feel like. The game's getting the best of me. <laughs> a bit of crybaby-itis. Did anyone ever quit the mall? Um, I don't know. I, I I barely remember the first season where you had the... Uh, they were filmed it all in Tasmania. Um, yeah, no, I was I in it. Were you? Background. Were you? Were, you, were you the snug local? I, I was the mole. You were the mole. Thought you smelt funny. Um, what? <laughs> anyway, Richard basically tells Locke that Ben did it to humili- humiliate him. Um, and they he did that because he was worried the others were starting to think Locke might be special because you were paralyzed and now he's not. Um, and then uh, Richard says that you can find the purpose on the island, but uh, the dad has to go, and that if you can't kill him, that maybe you should find someone else to do it, and then hands Locke a file, which uh, we find out is from Sawyer. And then uh, Locke's like, why would Sawyer want to kill him? Uh, And then Richard tells him to keep reading, and then Locke keeps reading the file because old gummy Joe wants to read a little bit more. And uh, it's an Interpol report that he's looking at written in French. So, there you go. Plot twist! Why is Sawyer wanting to do this? Which we're going to find out. Um, And then the next day, Ben and everyone's buggering off. And uh, Locke wants to go with them. And once again, poor old Gummy Joe's left behind. Uh, Ben drops a bit of a cheesy line. Don't tell me what I can't do, John. Why does it sound so bad when it doesn't come from Locke? Like, it's just, it's so obvious now. It's just kind of like, oh, ha, ha, ha. Anyone but Locke. Yeah. It's just, it's, I mean, it's not as bad as when Jack said it that one time, but. (laughs) 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 Nothing was as bad as that. Um, But Ben says, don't, you know, we'll leave a trail for you to come back to us, but don't come back unless you've got your dad dead. Like, pretty strict rules for the club. (laughs) (laughs) Kill your dad. I mean, Ben did. Yeah, yeah, well, I want to. Me or him? All right, sorry. <laughs> or did you? Shit! Uh, edit that out, man. <laughs> the thing is, you could edit this, but you've just incriminated yourself because uh, you're lazy. That's going to happen one day, so I may as well just leave it all out there in the open. Um, so uh, Locke is. Uh, well, let's go back to the present day now. So that's a flash. Anything to say, kind of, on that catch-up flashback before we, I guess, revert back to the present day? I just really like the way they did it of not showing us these things until a few episodes later because they easily could have had this sprinkled throughout the episode, mm. uh, throughout the season, but I guess it makes for a more uh, 
unified episode by having it all in one. Um, and I, I do like Richard coming back in this episode. Um, always a always a fan of Richard, and this is kind of the first little hint that maybe Richard is a bit separate from Ben, and that Richard uh, there's more to Richard than meets the eye. Because before he was just a goon, like he was in the park spying on kids and whatnot. <laughs> and, but now this is the first sign that maybe there's more to Richard than we thought there were. He's Jeff Probst. Um... <laughs> So, what was the thing, like, that he wears eyeliner or something, or that he oh. it out to me that somebody asked him in an interview or something? <laughs> they got makeup wiped out and forced him to wipe his eyes. <laughs> what a fucking dick thing to do. <laughs> Such yes. a terrible thing. <laughs> we don't believe awful. you don't wear makeup. Here's some makeup wipes. Prove it. And, and then what was he going to do if, he wiped and there was makeup. It's like Son's decision last last week. We die or have somebody else's baby. There's no winning. Like even if he did have makeup on, what's it gonna be like this big controversy? That, that Richard from Lost wears makeup. So what? Oh, people are horrible. I can't believe that. That poor guy had to go through that. Poor Nesta. Uh, How degrading is that? He probably got out of bed that morning so excited, like, oh, I'm getting interviewed for TV today, tra la 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 And he gets embarrassed and ashamed. Goes home at night and speaks to his wife and is like, they all think I wear makeup, I don't want to act anymore. And he even says in that interview, oh, no, that won't be necessary. And they say, go on. Do it. He Go said on. no. He said no. Alright, you pushed him. No means no. No means no. I want him to storm off the set. Like, don't he's, be so nice. Too nice. Too nice. That's, That's just such an awful thing. That won't be necessary. Like the... <laughs> and, and it was on the official after show for the show that he was on. It, it wasn't even like a YouTube interview or something. It was the official after show. It wasn't on the Oz Network or something like that. Like, this is proper, proper channels. That, that, that's something we would do, but this was on telly. <laughs> oh, I hope we're on telly one day. <laughs> well, uh, clearly the bar is not high. Fuck, we, we, we're eating. Like, hi, welcome we to the show, Michael me. Emerson. Hello, Michael, how are you? Now, I've heard a rumour that you me. don't wipe your bum properly. <laughs> Give us a wipe. <laughs> well, that won't be necessary. No, oh, come Go on. on. <laughs> oh, there's a bit of a skinny, everyone. Oh, Michael Emerson doesn't wipe his bum. We proved it. <laughs> I'll see Mark Emerson. <laughs> They don't call him Skidmark Emerson for nothing, and we proved it on the Oz Network. <laughs> Breaking news. Uh, uh, we should interview the interviewer of that interview. Yeah, we've heard a rumour that you're a dickhead. <laughs> Prove it. Oh, wait, you already did. If I literally put my hand on your head, would I find a penis? <laughs> oh, that's not necessary. Go on! <laughs> Oh, there is one. What a fucking! <laughs> oh god! If you if you don't know uh, 
what we're talking about. Just YouTube, like, uh, Richard Al, uh, Nesta Carbonell makeup test or something. You'll find the video. It's horrible. You, you think, like, if he actually is, like, on the set of a show where he's required to wear makeup, he's like, no! They can't see me ever wearing makeup! I just can't believe that they made him do it after he said that won't be necessary. But the thing is, I, I don't know what they're talking about. That's not something I exactly stare at when I'm seeing Richard Alpert on screen. Like, Fuck, he's got eyeliner on. And even if he did, so what? <laughs> I, I kind of wish he was, because then what were they going to do? Like, oh, pointing at him. The, the police come in, they arrest him. You're what a shame to the great country of the United States of America. Oh, poor Nesta. Oh, Jesus. Um, I'm sorry you had to go through that if you're listening. Uh, so, Locke is reading the folder. Um, basically, uh, we're at the present day. We hear a voice in the background. <laughs> what is Locke saying? Like, hold your breath. No one will hear you. Uh, and then Locke burns the folder. And then um, we are back at camp. Kate and Sawyer are fucked. And Getting it on. Afternoon a delight. Bit of afternoon delight. Um, and then Kate wants to leave. <laughs> I'm going to sleep back in my own tent. Um, Why does she want to leave? Old habits. She's what? She's just sleeping around and sneaking out in the morning? Is that what she's trying to say? Jean's <laughs> <Jim's> mother? <laughs> Well, we've seen the quadruple, quadrangle of of Kate, so maybe. Yeah, and we all know about Sawyer's past, so um, <laughs> so I, Sawyer's got to go up and pee anyway. So Sawyer goes outside and sees Hurley and Jin acting very suspiciously. <laughs> Um, oh, this is great! And then Sawyer's like going to pee with a gun, and then all of a sudden, Lock just emerges from the jungle with a flashlight. <laughs> Good morning, oh, James. It's all going this morning at the camp. Um, I do like it when um, he's just like, "Would you like to zip your pants up?" So what? Basically, like Sawyer's dicks hanging out this whole time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, seen it all before. Locke basically he's a man of the world. He is. Um, Locke basically says that he's kidnapped Ben. He's he's infiltrated the others, kidnapped Ben, and wants Sawyer to kill him. Um, that's kind of random. And of course, Sawyer's like, "I'm not a killer." And then Locke's like, "Oh, you killed a guy in Sydney." Um, so Locke eventually goes off uh, with. Uh, sorry, Sawyer eventually goes off with Locke barefoot. I'm like, Jesus Christ. Um, having a nice Imagine little... this island must be full of sticks and stones and thorns. So... And spiders that paralyze you. Yeah. You know, why, why, why are these spiders only biting Nicky and Powell? They're that dangerous. And they're just crawling well, around the forest. Let's not complain about that too No. Much. But, like, still. Um, the spiders are doing their duty. They are. Uh, so Sawyer and, uh, Locke have some bonding time in the jungle, um, and they get into a bit of a, a, a fight, uh, trying to talk about why Locke won't kill Ben. Uh, I love how calm, like, Locke basically is when he's having a knife, um, <laughs> at his throat, um, keeps telling him that he's telling the truth and that he admits that I can't kill Ben myself, got to get you to do it. Um, and Sawyer says, I'm not going to kill him. I'm only going to bring him back to camp. 
And Locke says, no, you've got to change your mind after you uh, hear what he has to say. Um, there's just some other random bonding moments. Um, Sawyer and Locke talking about the man in Sydney being killed. Uh, thought he was someone else. And then Locke's trying to find out who he was trying to kill. I mean, like, we know Locke knows the answer to these. He's just, you know, being a dick, really. Um, but meanwhile, we're at the Black Rock, because why wouldn't we be here? And this, this is nitpicking, but why does he have to take him to the Black Rock? Why couldn't he just tie him to a tree? Because it's not dramatic, and Rousseau might not have shown up. <laughs> like the, the Black Rock is far from their camp. They marched for days in season one. <laughs> now it's an hour's hike. <laughs> this barefoot. They've cleared the road. Um, they've gotten Hurley's van. They've got the van. Lockmobile. Um, so they go inside, and it all leads to uh, lock locking old Sawyer into a room with this prisoner, who we of course still think is Ben. Um, Sawyer's banging on the door, uh, and then he removes the uh, the the mask, the the hood of this it's man. The mask. The mask. Um, it was old Mr. Cooper all along. <laughs> and I would have gotten away with it too, you see? It wasn't all damn medley kids. <laughs> um, and it's not it's not Benjamin Linus, it's Anthony Cooper. So, again, like, do you remember watching this for the first time, kind of putting things together at this point? Because I don't. I, yeah, I have vague memories of watching this episode and just being like, what? Like, what is going on? Um, but I think... You- I think it's around the moment you see these two together, you can pretty much guess what's about to happen. Um, but just the way they kind of build up to this and kind of the growing disturbance in this episode is just brilliant. The pacing of this episode is so good. I agree. Um, I do like when uh, Locke's just sitting there all calmly and Russo just casually walks in. <laughs> <laughs> bonjour bonjour what does Rousseau say like who's in there and basically Locke just ignores her and just like what are you here for <laughs> obviously this will have like a resolution in the next few episodes but if we just look at it as just this episode it's such a random scene of just Rousseau I've come for some dynamite what does she often just pop in and? I think they should just what? leave it. I don't. I think this is fine without resolution because I just like having Russo as the crazy just woman. Her. It's just her. Like ah, Friday, get some dynamite. I do love Need the way that. Dynamite. I love the way that like um, locks his face. Like, be careful. It's you know it's unstable. She just looks at him, just picks it up and buggers off into the jungle. Like I think she knows, mate. Yeah, like, she's been living there a little bit longer than you, old Gummy Joe. Uh, <laughs> your arts get blown up in your face, like you know. She's been there for 16 years. He's been there for two months. She's got pubic hairs longer than you, mate. Like, Jesus, calm down, <laughs> all right? Sit there and shut up. Well, Locke's got no hair. Well, well <laughs> on his head. She's <laughs> <laughs> got a few grey pubes we, hanging on his balls. We don't know. There's, there's an Oz Network question. We get Terry O'Quinn on the show. G'day, Terry. Welcome to the Oz Network. Great pleasure to have you on the ball, on the show. Tell me, how many pubes do you have? Currently, that that won't be necessary. <laughs> no, no, tell us right now. Come on, whack your hand down there, mate. Have a bit of a jiggle. <laughs> Fine, it's none. Ah, <laughs> oh, Terry Quinn has so many pubes. Oh, that's why he's not in Hollywood. 
Um, the side effects of only having one kidney. You lose hair everywhere. Lose <laughs> your pubes. <laughs> one dangly little pube hanging. Stop saying pube, Ben. Um, <laughs> it's such a weird word, pube. Um, <laughs> no wonder no one listens to this show. Um, so Sawyer, um, meanwhile, is questioning Cooper, uh, trying to find out who he is. And uh, Cooper says that he's uh, Locke's dad. Uh, Sawyer wants to find out how we got to the island, and then we get this explanation that Cooper was driving in Tallahassee, uh, and there was a car accident, doesn't remember anything, he woke up, tied and gagged to a chair, uh, and then basically greeted by his dead son, uh, saying that he was, uh, on a plane crashed in the Pacific, and, uh, this is basically where, um, Cooper is saying that we're in hell, and that they're all dead. And so, again, throwing fuel onto the fire of our theories from last week. Again, here's all those um, purgatory theorists on the keyboard. Oh, we were right. We were right. They're in hell. They're in hell. Uh, just imagine just how much they were banging on about this in this part of the episode. I think this is definitely playing around with, because of the big reveal last week, it's like, then let's get Anthony Cooper also bringing this up and really hamming this up. Uh, especially as they know they'll kind of clear this up not too far in the future. So it's definitely fun playing around with it. And, I mean, from his perspective, it's it's not a bad theory. His son died in a plane crash, and now he's on a random island in, in a pirate ship with all this stuff going on. So it seems like hell to me. I agree. Um, but I possibly my favourite moment for the episode and going back to what you say about how great Josh Holloway is in this episode and, you know, not really getting a lot of credit for his acting. Um, it's when Sawyer's sort of questioning, why did you throw Locke out the window? And then he sort of explains to him that he's a con man. And then Sawyer sort of starts to cotton on a little bit here. Uh, you know, wants to know his name. And then uh, Cooper goes through all the names that he's uh, been through, including Adam Seward, Anthony Cooper, Ted McLaren, Tom Sawyer, Lewis Jackson, and Paul. Just Paul. That's all it is. <laughs> <laughs> it was like Madonna. <laughs> yes, Paul. Oh, Paul. And then just this moment that Sawyer has when he's just like, well, how about that? Sawyer is my name too. And just the, like everything yeah. about the scene oh. is so great. Just the way he says it, the, the camera, like the way it's like this like close up on his face, like this sweat dream beaming from his head and he's just... Oh, it's such yeah. a great scene. And just the way he utters that line, it's kind of like, it's just, oh, it's chill-inducing. It's so good. So sadistic, and it's a culmination of Sawyer's pretty much his entire life. And we're seeing Sawyer figure this out in the moment. And just the way it's shot, it's so dark, like, literally and physically in the episode, or literally and metaphorically, it's, everything about it is just intense, uh, it might be one of the most intense scenes ever in Lost. Sorry, I was yawning because you were boring me. Uh, <laughs> I, just, I was yawning. I thought you were well, at least you're long. honest. I'm, on, I'm an honest person. Um, yeah, no, I agree. I agree with everything you said. I think it's just, oh, it's so good. Uh, and then Sawyer sort of continues to question him. You know, have you ever been to Jasper, Alabama? Um, and then Yeah, I've been to Jasper. Jasper, Jasper, Alabama. Don't you remember, Paul? Oh, Paul, you're the Paul. Um, Sawyer then, this is when he kind of starts accusing him that 
you killed his father. He pulls his letter out. It's, it's always got that letter on him. <laughs> like you, you never know when you, you, your father's killing much sharp in an island. Um, this is where it's amazing because he's carried this letter around his entire life. And we know about the letter since season one. But who ever watched season one and thought, oh, yeah, we're going to have Sawyer finally have the real Sawyer reading the letter. Like, no one watching that thought this moment would ever happen, let alone on the island, let alone in the Black Rock with Locke present. Like, everything about this just comes together. The pieces of the puzzle are all put in place for this big conclusion. And it's just, it's mental that we actually see the Sawyer reading the letter and everything about it is perfect. Which I think... um yeah, it's 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 crazy to think. And like going back to my point when I said when I messaged you those years ago, when I was like, oh, they don't ever resolve this, and you're like, oh, hey, keep watching, because I think kind of yeah, like I think you made the point, didn't you, about how everything was seen in a flashback, and how is there going to be a possible resolution to this? And that's where I think I was remembering that you know Sawyer isn't one of the Oceanic Six, and kind of things like that. So it's like, oh, okay, well, how does this get resolved? Like, so yeah, it's. It's pretty incredible, like it's that they can tie all this in the way they do, and it's just—I mean, this episode, of course, was written by Damon Lindelof and Carlton Cuse, so you, you wonder how much of this they had planned out, you know, in advance, like that. Just subtle little things like this, you sort of question that. Surely this was something they had on a long-term board of, hey, this is what this is eventually going to lead into, because this this is something that feels so too tightly connected that they just came up That's with this natural. like two weeks. Yeah, because a lot of Lost, let's face it, they probably did come up as they went along. But it kind of makes the, at least me as a viewer, feel like a bit of an idiot because there are all these connections. And then you think, well, Cooper was a con man. Sawyer's father and mother were conned by a con man. And Sawyer became a con man because of that. But somehow I just never, ever put two and two together. All the theories and everything in Lost... Somehow these two things were never put together, but when they are put together, it just seems like mm-hmm. it was there in our face all along. Yep. Just like the Oz Network, the day that we finally make it. Everyone's like, oh my God, they were there the whole time. They were, there all they were so good. <laughs> like, oh, God damn it. Um, so, yeah, and I like, you know, Cooper sort of starts reading this letter and then just basically is like, blah, blah, blah. Doesn't want to keep reading it. Um, and then, yeah, just starts uh, rubbing it all in his face. Um, so he has a bit of a teary in his eyes, um, saying that he, you know, took their money, isn't responsible for their deaths. Uh, and then Cooper basically saying oh. that if um, your father killed your mother, then he himself must be down here somewhere, meaning obviously to hell. Uh, and maybe you should take this up with him. Sawyer then wants Gosh, him to keep... He never re- stops. No. Sawyer wants him to keep <laughs> reading the letter. And then Cooper rips it into little pieces and then Sawyer just jumps at him. You know, do you want to go to hell? Wraps a chain around his neck. It's a pretty confronting death scene too. Um, Very confronting. Just chokes him to death. Bit Jabba the Hutt from Return of the Jedi. Um, (laughs) Sadly, Locke's not in a metal bikini. (laughs) (laughs) Sawyer, I mean. (laughs) Whatever. They didn't have a fan. No. Jedi Rock. Cooper ah! Rocks. <laughs> Cooper Rocks. Sawyer Rock. <laughs> um, 
But yeah, well, I mean, what a Jesus Christ! It just it just yeah. goes from zero to one hundred and just just these two working off each other as well. Like uh, you know, I would we, say it goes from one hundred to two hundred. Yeah, it's so intense. Well, I'd say it goes to two hundred becomes... to three hundred. Um, <laughs> Kevin. Kevin Teague is also fantastic. We should give props to the guy who plays Anthony yeah. Cooper as well. So, uh, just so much to love about this sequence here. I mean, is this a top five worthy moment, do you think? For this season, I think this whole moment with the letter and how about that, my name's Sawyer too, and then the choking him to death and ripping up the letter, I think it has to at least be a contender. Um, I would say it's probably Josh Holloway's finest acting moment in the entire series. Um and Cooper is just an arsehole up until his very moment of death, which I just love because it's so in character. Um, and just, yeah, that 100 to 200 with the choking him with the, these old ship chains um, that were used to hold slaves, essentially, and now they're being choked. And Sawyer's finally getting his moment that he thought he would probably never get. And he spent all this time all of his life looking and he got the wrong guy and that's been weighing on his mind and then it all culminates for him and Locke in this moment and um, it's, it's a bit sad that Locke didn't cut him open and get his kidney back but um, <laughs> but one thing it, it in many ways it's an ending point for both of these characters their early storylines in many ways have wrapped up and you'll notice let's watch Sawyer from this point onwards and it's not an immediate change, but his character does change after this moment. And his plotline, it seems subtle in the moment, but you look back and the, there is so much character development going forward for Sawyer as a character. And although they don't reference this point, it really is from this point going forward that we see such a change. Uh, and it's definitely related Um but I also love the scene straight after he's out of the ship vomiting because it's this is a big moment for him and he's just murdered a man and he's processing the fact that he's choked someone to death and that he's finally got this, the real Sawyer and this is the biggest moment of his life. So seeing him vomit rather than having the like Hollywood walking out, yeah, I got my revenge. Like we see Sawyer in a moment of weakness, not necessarily like a... I did it, and off to camp to bang Kate. So like Charlie. That, yeah, like Charlie, really. So that moment of him vomiting is such a key little thing at the the end as well, that this is not a heroic win. It's, it's a necessary evil, and everything about the scene is perfection, I think. I always like it when they do that in TV shows with, like, a moment like this. Yeah, where, like... Just a subtle little thing about, like, making a character vomit like this. Like, I know in um, our Nip Tuck coverage, there was the episode where sort of Sean finds out that he's not really Matt's father, and it's just kind of like this whole sequence of reactions which basically just leads him to just, like, vomiting. It's just kind of like... These are little subtle things that would happen in real life. Um, You know, because you just... You can't control yourself in situations like this. It just... Various things happen and reactions. So, yeah, I think it's, it's a great little moment. Um... And then sort of Locke coming out here after the vomiting and, you know, you can go back now and um, sort of I like this moment between the two of them when, you know, Locke is just basically mm. saying, like, you've ruined both of our lives and had it coming. And then uh, from that, it's just kind of like this, you know, moment of clarity between the two of them that they've kind of gotten what they both wanted with this guy being killed. And then Locke just like, by the way, Juliet's mole. 
the other coming through days. <laughs> I Can't love that. <laughs> um, I, I, I do find the line from Sawyer a bit cheesy of, what, are you going back undercover? <laughs> I do. That, that comes off as a little cheesy. Are you going back undercover? But then what does uh, he say? Like, I was never undercover. I'm on my own journey now. <laughs> yeah. So, so it's a little cheesy towards the end, but as much as I think they they screwed up Locke's character in season three, this is a great moment and the whole I'm on my own journey now. It really fits going forward with this moment. Um but I do like that kind of Juliet's a mole. You should go and warn them. I do like and how it gives him the tape as well. Well, I, I like how that ties in because, like, I mean, we're obviously going to get to the stuff at the beach in just a moment, but, you know, we sort of get that subtle little line from uh, Juliet to Jack, you sort know, when Kate's going off at him and Juliet's kind of like, should we tell her? And Jack's kind of like, not yet. And then, obviously, like, Juliet, spoiler alert, kind of has already told Jack that this is going to happen. So, like, when we kind of get the confrontation of, like, oh, you're going to raid the camp, like, cheers them all. Like, it's sort of she's it's again layers on Juliet's character um just layers on the storytelling for this season three went a bit wayward but the last seven or so episodes everything is connected I'll say probably from Catch-22 with Desmond from that point onwards the end game it's also well connected and it's clear for the rest of the season they have a path where all these things start to come together so, like, even the thing with Rousseau and the Dynamite, which we'll see in a few episodes, that getting a payoff. So, we're really in the, the endgame stretch of some good stuff here in Season 3. I agree. And I, I like the little moment, too, when um, Sawyer says about, oh, you know, did were you really paralysed when you're that? And sort of just a look mm. Locke gives and just like, not anymore. Uh, and then Locke, old gummy Joe, picks up his dead dad <laughs> in, a, in a baggie. And uh, <laughs> him up over his shoulder. It was a long old eight-hour yeah. walk back to Ben Camp. Um, so we we get a bit of Locke Sawyer throughout the show uh, in the first two seasons, and but I re- I really do like now they have this shared bond. Um, Again, this is talking about, like, Locke's character being so badly written this season, though. He says, oh, I could never kill someone. You could. He throws a knife into Naomi's back in a few episodes. Like, this whole idea, I could never kill someone. Like, he even pushed Mikhail through the sonar fence. So, I like Locke as a character, and this episode is a great episode for him especially coming off the weed episode. This is one of the best Locke episodes, but um, still not a fan of how the, he was written in season three. We're back at the beach. Uh, Charlie, uh, not being sus at all, piling a whole bunch of food into a <laughs> suitcase, essentially. Jack, you know, being all like... Oh, jackass. Hey, bro, what's up? How's your camping trip? Oh, <laughs> oh. Next time around, why don't you invite me? Ha, 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 ha. Um... He's always got to be included, doesn't he? <laughs> Can't let anyone else do things. He's just one of those guys. Um, <laughs> Has to be on everything. Charlie uh, comes back with the food, and we realise that they've brought back Naomi to the camp, and Charlie's saying, oh, you know, we should tell Jack about uh, Naomi, and Desmond doesn't trust Jack. Um, and This they're... is what I love about this episode and last episode and next episode is 
so much of this show is just blind. Jack is our hero. Like Jack is amazing. Jack's the doctor. Let's do what Jack wants. Finally, the characters are acting rationally. They shouldn't trust him. He was there playing playing football with Tom. He did bring one of them back, and they can't trust Juliet. Like, it makes sense that they shouldn't tell him about Naomi. And for once, when it comes to Jack, the characters are acting rationally. And I like that because just because Jack's the main character, they're not they're not just always going to Jack because it makes sense for character motivation to not trust him. So nowadays, like the, the main heroes are always flawed in major ways, like Breaking Bad and all these shows. But I like that on a network show like this that they looked at the main character and said, you know what, we can't trust him. <laughs> like, there's no reason to trust him at this point. It, it, it shows their desperation and how far they've come and uh, logic from the characters. And this show doesn't always have logic from the characters. I agree, and I think it's um, interesting too what's ultimately what we're going to get in the final episode with the Flash Ford. Um, kind of, <laughs> a, you know, Jack how he falls off the wagon because of what's happened with everything. So yeah, it's, it's definitely kind of in that entering the era of the anti-heroes sort of television period that we just got so much in the two thousands and today really. So, um, so anyway, Hurley goes out and, uh, finds a hello, hello, Hurley <laughs> pulling the Mr. Echo. Remember him? um, <laughs> he is a bit echo-like I like to say can you keep a secret um, and Saeed rocks up and I, I love Saeed's little I'm glad you haven't told Jack <laughs> like he's yeah. so happy <laughs> Saeed is great in this episode I have been so depressed for so long now I am the new Jack fuck you Jack <laughs> <laughs> I just love it because Saeed's always been quite critical of the leader so I love that he calls him out like that yeah uh, so Saya goes in there and talks a little bit to Naomi, um, and we find out her name is Naomi Dorrit. She flew with a helicopter, um, uh, which is 80 nautical miles west as part of a search and recovery team. Uh, we find out, uh, that the, f- uh, the wreckage of Flight 815 was found off the coast of Bali in an ocean trench. Now, going to pull the geography card here. Uh, if they were flying from Sydney to Los Angeles, they were way off course if they ended off the coast of Bali. Um, so, I mean, to be fair, they did fly off course. They did, but they were going... three hours. That's like you saying, I'm going to fly to Japan, and you end up in freaking, like, halfway across China. Like, that's where you are. You go in the other <laughs> direction. Um, so, um, but yeah, no, you're right. Fair and plus, we've seen that with Malaysia 815 or 8, whatever the hell it was, how it was flying from, what, KL to... Beijing and it ended up off the coast of fucking Australia so I mean it happens planes can change direction Ben um <laughs> submersible robots found it four miles deep which again like four miles deep that's how deep the Titanic is and it took them how long to find that goddamn thing with the technology they have uh and and again I'm just I'm gotta be nitpicky here bodies didn't survive on the Titanic because of the pressure of the water basically disintegrated the bodies so how do they find bodies four miles deep at the bottom of the ocean does it make sense but then this is all a uh, ruse isn't it yeah Ben I do want to be the one to break it to you. shut up I'm trying to be smart <laughs> this, once in my life this flight is not a flight eight one five 
They're in purgatory. It's proof. <laughs> um, I didn't want to break it. You. Naomi's company was apparently hired by Penelope with Moore to find uh, Desmond and that they essentially got sh- thrown off course. Um, instruments started spinning out of control. The helicopter went down. Um, and then I, I love when Saeed all of a sudden, like, good on him, Saeed. Like, he should be doing this. Like, you know, did you actually see the helicopter? Um, and yeah, because they've lived on this island with all these others for, who have terrorized them for 80 days. It makes sense. You should be skeptical. This is how Ben basically came about. But I, I do love, what did Davey say? Like, you think I'm lying, mate? <laughs> like, yeah. like well, when the rescue comes, remind, remind me, Saeed, not to rescue you. <laughs> Like, imagine, imagine if the rescue did come and everyone gets on and then they just kick him off no. and he's the only one left. You are racist against me because I am from Iraq. <laughs> yeah, play, play, play the race card if they don't let him on. He's on scene in a week later. We speak to the only survivor not allowed off the island. Why do you think you're still on the island scene? It is because I'm Iraqi and they do not think that I should be on there. They are racist. You are all racist. <laughs> I, I, it is it is quite a good burn, though, from someone who's just punctured a lung to come back with, Saeed, what's your name? Rem- remind me, Saeed, not to rescue. <laughs> burn. <laughs> Drop mic. <laughs> Drop sat phone. <laughs> Speaking of which, they're trying to uh, call out the sat phone, but um, I love, you know, Saeed, I've never seen such sophisticated equipment before. Um, but they can't. Like the first iPhone. Yeah, <laughs> that's a pretty fancy looking satellite phone. Um, they <laughs> can only hear interference. Basically, I love when Kate shows up. It's like, what's that? And it's like, <laughs> oh, it's a phone we found in the luggage. It's like, oh, what you just <laughs> happened to find this? <laughs> like, oh, Kate. I, I kind of like on Tinder. I kind of like inquisitive Kate, just like popping her head around, just, you know, doing a thing. Like, good on you, Kate. The main characters, Jack and Kate, this episode are just like, oh, we've not been involved. Like, they're they're doing patrol. They've been very boonish this episode. I want to be involved too. (laughs) Yeah, a phone. Yeah. Tinder, as you said, swiping around. Uh, Meanwhile, Kate storms up to Jack and Juliet. I want to speak to you, Jack. It's like, no, in private. And Juliet kind of goes to leave. Jack's like, no, you can speak to me. Jack, Jackass is insufferable in this episode. Oh, I, I maybe not on You that. like Jack, but surely you can't defend this Well, I, I like Jack. And, like, yeah, there's definitely some moments in this episode. But I don't think he's that bad. He's just oh. Jack. Just Jack. Even even rational Juliet saying I'll leave. Um, I like Dine of the Day. I'm not rational. Um, <laughs> so I do like Kate, though, basically, when she tells the truth. And then Jack's like, you know, why don't why didn't you tell me? Because no one here trusts you. Um, and this is this is where we get that line where sort of like Kate, uh, that's exactly the line that they say. Juliet is like, oh, should we tell him? It's like, not yet. Um, and then they go off to see Naomi, and Kate and Juliet are all alone together. So uh, the ending of this episode is actually. Uh, Locke walking off with the body. So this isn't like the the plot big cliffhanger. <laughs> Lost. Well, well, I mean, there is a bit of a cliffhanger in this section of like what what is Jack talking about? Mm. But again, insufferable of uh, like just tell her. 
Like she's come and revealed this thing about Naomi, so you need to give a little up, Jack. Like no one trusts you. Um, but yeah, this it this it's all starting to get very intense now, and the intensity won't wear off for the rest of the season, really. I agree, and that's basically the end of the episode right now. By the way, so um, yeah, I'm like lost. The odds network's not really getting that intense right now. Uh, some trivia for you: uh, a brig is a compartment that serves as a jail aboard a ship, especially on a warship. Um, mm. Cooper claims the island is in fact hell. A popular debunked theory is that the island <laughs> is not hell, but purgatory. This theory would be later revisited in, in Ab Atano. Yep. Locke's hand was injured and wrapped in left behind because his father bit him in the episode's first ah, flashback. That's a great subtle touch. There you go. Interesting. Ah. The column that Cooper is tied to may be what was referred to as to by Ben as an old place, suggesting it has been on the island for a very long time. Thanks for that one, Trivia. Like, <laughs> I'm, glad, I'm glad you're there to tell me that. So an old place might suggest it's been there for a long time. Okay. <laughs> All right. Got it. Um, the files that Richard gives to Locke include a police report in French labelled Ford James. Okay. Does Locke speak French? <laughs> Rousseau's been giving him lessons. Old Gummy Joe. Bonjour. I'm Old Gummy <laughs> Joe. Um, <laughs> Je m'appelle Old Gummy Joe. <laughs> Um, je suis in a boat. Uh, um, <laughs> je t'aime Rousseau. Uh, au revoir. Um, <laughs> um, fuck, oh, where am I up to? Uh, Zach and Emma, the kidnapped Tales X and children, are shown in the others' camp along with Cindy. Um, okay. Uh, when the satellite phone searches for a channel, it shows its point of origin as being on the west coast of North America. Okay. Hmm. Um, oh, oh yeah, this is a good little one. Richard formally introduces himself to Locke, but we later learn that chronologically Richard first met Locke 50 years earlier and has visited Locke multiple mm. times since then. Dun, dun, dun. Pilots that's... do not... Yes? Oh, that's just one of those ones where you watch Chronological Lost yeah. and your mind's kind of blown yep. all the Richard Locke stuff with the compass and everything. Pilots do not normally bail out of helicopters. Helicopters normally are able to order... <laughs> Rotate and a controllable. Evil. Oh, sorry. <laughs> oh, look at this one. If the bodies were four miles under the trench, they would not be intact. Um, this is. Do you the... write for Lostpedia? <laughs> you know my secret. This is the fourth episode that takes place completely on the island. There you go. Um, and Naomi's name is revealed on screen in this episode, although ABC had placed it on a press release for the previous two episodes. Ooh, press release. You missed, I think, one of the most interesting production notes. Well, tell me, Noah, what did I miss? <laughs> this is one of only two episodes of Lost not to introduce any new characters. Uh, that's kind of mind-blowing. Really? Think. Yeah, that... Of 120 episodes or whatever, this is, and one other one are the only ones that don't introduce a new character into the show. That's mental. Huh, how does that work? I guess with flashbacks and flash forwards, you technically... Flashback. Yeah. Wow. What are the other ones, does it say? This Place is Death from Season 5, when Jin's hanging around with young, hot Russo. <laughs> ah, it's a dream of everyone's. <laughs> um, hmm, that's very interesting. That's Sorry, mental. I missed it. 
It is mental. It is very mental. Um, questions, uh, answers. Oh, no, you've got another one for me. Yeah, one final thing. I forgot to bring this up. That um, Originally, in the first draft of the Brig, um, it was going to be Cooper as well as Richard Malkin, the science, uh, the what do you call it, the psychic that convinced Claire to get on the plane, was also going to be there. Uh, but they were not going to mention it, that he was the psychic that Claire on the plane. He was just going to be there. What, um, on the brig? Like, on with Cooper? Yeah. Why? Well, I guess they never revealed why, because they dropped that b- before they had the final draft, but... I guess he was going to have something to do with it all. Um, it says here Sawyer was supposed to vaguely remember Malcolm from somewhere, thus implying that Malcolm might have intended at one point to have been revealed as the real Sawyer. Uh, we'll, we'll, I don't think we'll ever know why, but it is mentioned in the the Season 3 special features that the first draft, it was going to be Cooper and Malcolm there, but they weren't going to mention anything about him being the psychic. He was just going to be there, which is... Quite bizarre and quite interesting. I'm glad they didn't go through with that, but that could have been interesting. Hmm. That is interesting. Here's a, here's a nitpicky blooper continuity error from the Ben Waterworth files. Uh, Anthony Cooper tells Sawyer that Locke was dead because his plane crashed in the Pacific. He then explains how eight, Flight 815 was found on the bottom of the ocean. While Flight 815 really did crash in the Pacific, the fake wreckage was found in the Indian Ocean. See? Come on now. <laughs> I don't know what I'm trying to prove there, but whatever. <laughs> um, <laughs> questions and answers. Why is Ben a dickhead? God, do we... Uh, oh, who is the real Sawyer? Must be a question, surely. Do we ever find that out? We just found that out. <laughs> That's the whole episode. Is it? What show are we watching? Um, we didn't have that question, though, did we? I guess what is not. the monster? Why is a polar bear there? Where are they? Uh, have we answered what is the monster? No, not yet. Oh, right. How did Christian Shepherd get on the island? Where is Christian's body? Who are Adam and Eve and the black and white stones? Who is a real story? Oh, there we go. Season 1, episode oh. 8. Look yeah, at you, you smart a... little buttercup. Um, we should cross that mother bother out. Okay. I feel like we asked a lot more questions in the early <laughs> Just hearing that. Now boys were like, is that a question? Nah. What happened to Nadia? We've answered that, haven't we? What is the sickness? Who are the others? What are the whispers? What is the cable in the water? Oh, we're about to answer that one. Um, why is Walt special? What is the deal with the numbers? <laughs> uh, how did the black... No, we haven't answered that one. What is the hurly bird? Um, okay. All right. Uh, any? Do we have any questions on this one? Uh, this one's more about resolving, so... I guess, what is it that Jack's talking about when he says, should we tell her? But it's clear we're going to get that next week or in a few weeks, so I don't think we need to ask that. None is what I've put. Uh, we buying this one, buying this one, or buying this one? Yeah, this episode, hands down a buy, easily one of the best of the season... One of the best of the show. I would say it's a top 
30, 40 episode, hands down. Like, the way they bring it all together and resolve it and how dark it is, uh, hands down a buy. Um, I think it's been a while since a buy, and that trend's going to continue. But, yeah, Josh Holloway is great this episode, and the way they bring in the real Sawyer and end Locke's dad's story is just lost at its very best, I think. You last bought an episode, The Man from Tallahassee. Also a lock episode. Mm. And that what, episode 11, so it's been a while. 13, episode 13. Still been a while. Next, uh, I'm buying it, yes. Um, and <laughs> I have put this at 28 out of uh, 68 oh, episodes. So, there you go. What's above it? What is above it? As in one above it. <laughs> dot, dot, dot in translation is above it. Oh, it's better than in translation. And below it is one of us. <laughs> so That's definitely better than that. That's why it's above it. So next week, we are going to be talking about the man behind the curtain. Finally, we learn a little bit more about Skid Marks Emerson. As, <laughs> <laughs> as Ben takes lock. To see Jacob. What's going to happen, Noah Groves? What's going to happen? Yeah, it's been a long time coming since his first introduction, and they've really been building... We've already had two Juliet ones, so they've really been building this up, and this is another great episode. Um, finally got a Ben episode, and the first time we really get to see the Dharma Initiative, really. Um, I remember this was a big WTF, pause your TV, rewind on the VHS type episode with one of the moments here in the cabin. Um, yeah, there's a lot of great stuff in this episode as well. So we're we're finally on the upswing for season three after a bit of a slog. So another good one to look forward to. And you will be able to hear that once again here on the Oz Network as we will be back with that one. In the meantime, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, subscribe on all the relevant channels. And let us know what you think of the show, what you think of Lost, what you think of Noah's hair, because I think you should have done it better today. It's not that good. <laughs> and, yeah, just do as you're told, because we say so. My name is Ben, and save your breath, nobody's going to hear you. <laughs> and my name's Noah, or Ted McLaren, or Lewis Jackson, or... Thank you for listening to the Oz Network. Don't forget to subscribe to get new episodes delivered to your speakers every week. For more information, hit us up at theoznetwork.net.